Welcome to the episode. We're going to be talking about a bunch of things. We're going to be talking about collars, why I am a dom. We're going to be covering a little bit of me today to give you a little more insight on the man who is bringing you such important and deep thought-provoking topics. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. All right, my friends, can we talk for a second? Can we can we talk for a moment? Can we chat it up? Or can we chop it up? Hey, want to talk to you guys about collars and what collars mean. Now, you hear the birds chirping. I'm getting ready to go check my mail. Uh, hopefully, I don't see more bills. But this is America. We're making it great again by sending me more bills, aren't we? Let's, let's, hold on, let me, let me just see first before we get started. Oh, hold on. Is this, is this no bill, sir? All right, well, let's talk, shall we? Collars. What do collars mean to you? Now, a lot of people see collars and they see restraint. It's part of the dom-sub relationship. It's how you prove ownership. And I think you're wrong. I think you're looking at it wrong, buddy. I think you're not seeing it for what it really is. Collars are a sign of a commitment, a sign of a pack, a contract between you and your dom or you and your sub. See, your collar symbolizes respect, trust, and honor. Now, normally, when a dom gives a sub a collar, is because you've established this relationship and you want people to know about it without having to really say it. You want that person to know that you care enough, that you respect the transfer of power that they've given you enough that you are willing to put that on display for the world to see. And whether it's a collar or it's an anklet, Or it's a bracelet. They symbolize the same thing. The trust and honor and the respect for the bond that you and your play partner are establishing with yourself and each other. I, as a dom, put this collar on your neck, not because I own you, but because I own up to the responsibility you have given me and the trust that you have in me to keep up that responsibility, to not abuse that responsibility, not take advantage of that responsibility. You, as a sub, trust that I will do all those things. And you honor the position you've given me by allowing me to put the collar on you. See, that's the thing people forget. You don't put a collar on a sub. They allow you to put a collar on them. I think, and I said this before, with Fifty Shades of Grey and all that stuff, people have gotten the world of BDSM and kink miscrewed. And they think certain things mean something that they don't. A collar is a symbol of a bond. It's not ownage, it's a bond. A bond forged 
by the experience you two have 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 had with each other. The trust that you have in each other, the respect you have for each other, the honor you have for each other. And that bond is strengthened enough that you do the collar thing. So next time, you're getting freaky. And you and your partner have decided that you want to dab your toe into wearing collars. Truly understand what that means and the responsibilities that come along with it. Or else, you're just putting a mean, meaningless trinket on somebody's neck. Why do you do it? That is the question I always get. It's a question that Way, 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 way too many times. Because sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their heads around the basis of your want or your desire to truly do BDSM. And I don't mean because you want to get a little freaky in the bedroom. You know, you want to be a little edgy. You want to be an edge lord. No, I'm talking about people who truly and really want to be in the community. They want to live the lifestyle. They've studied, they've researched, people who have gone to the seminars, people who actually are not ashamed to show this side of them to the world, people who promote it, people who, you know, really consider it an important component of their day-to-day activities. Well, it's simple. It's a freedom. It's a freedom that you won't find anywhere else. It's a community that you won't find anywhere else. It's a door to a side of you that allows you to be who you are meant to be. I'll give you a perfect example. Some subs, some submissives, outside of their BDSM lifestyle are very controlling, are in boss supervising position where they have to really know all the details. They have to be hands-on with everything. They have to be in control. They have to be in a leadership position. And after a while, it becomes draining. It becomes stressful. It becomes tiring to always be making decisions, to always be running things, and to always be in charge and on top of things. Sometimes you want to let go all of that responsibility. You want to let go all that control and let someone else guide you. Let someone else be in control. And at first, it's a very hard thing for people like that to do. But when they do do it, when they find someone they can do that with, it becomes such a liberating thing. It's like a chef who cooks and cooks and cooks. Sometimes they don't really want to cook when they get home. They've been doing it all day and the last thing they want to do is come home to do some more cooking. Or someone who's not in control. A worker bee. Someone who may not have that status of being a leader or being someone in control. Or 
someone who thrives and thirsts for that type of, I don't want to say power or status, but someone who thrives to be in that position, but due to certain, certain, certain circumstances, sorry, I got tongue tied there, they can't. But within the world of BDSM, they could be that person. They could be that dominant. They could be that submissive. It's not seeming to be strange or weird. It's welcome. They can express themselves. They can be themselves. They can do things that they want to do. It's a it's an awakening. It allows you to be in a state of experimenting. There are so many fetishes, so many kinks out there that you can try to see which one tickles your fancy. And you have that room to experiment. Within this community, no one's going to judge you if you want to spank or be spanked. No one's going to judge you if you want to be humiliated or do the humiliation. We have genres within this lifestyle, which covers all walks of life and lifestyles. You want to dress up? We got something for that. Maybe a little bit into pain, we got something for that. We have some extreme fetishes for those who need to be on the more hardcore edge. Then we have softer fetishes for those who may not be ready for those deep dives. Being able to explore yourself sexually, there's a lot for you mentally, physically, and emotionally. It opens up these pathways. It opens up chances for you to repair your psyche, repair who you are, especially if you're a person who's gone through trauma, who's gone through depression and anxiety. Now, back to the question, why do you do it? There's a therapeutic aspect to doing this. I'll never forget, and she's going to be on the show, but there was a good friend of mine who models, and she's never been in a situation where she could see what true dom-sub interaction is. Especially a dom-sub situation where it wasn't sexual. And she didn't realize there are therapeutic aspects to it. So a good friend of hers, who I've been talking to back and forth, who does photography and a little bit of modeling, we're talking back and forth, and she wanted to come by and do a shoot, and we got on the topic of kink, and we kind of exchanged our philosophies about kink and BDSM, and she was interested in doing a little session. And that's what we did. She came over, the model came over, and the model witnessed exactly what happened during a session. And 
He kind of did a little bit of light humility, some wax play, and we did some impact play. And now, for a person who's never seen this and never witnessed it, it was kind of jarring for her. Because her friend, within this sort of BDS and kink, was able to kind of release all this nervous, pent up energy she had inside herself, was able to kind of release everything that she felt like was weighing her down. And she started crying. And my mom friend didn't know what was going on. She was totally caught off guard. It was totally a new experience for her. She couldn't she couldn't understand what was happening. She was nervous, she was scared, but still had that wonderment of why? What what is is it, is it something from the pain? Was it too rough? What what caused this such an, a visceral emotional response? And this was her first time seeing aftercare. We had wrapped her friend up in a blanket. And she went over to her friend to comfort her. And her friend grabbed her and they hugged and they just rocked back and forth. And her friend once she cleared herself from the mist that was the result of her releasing all of the energies, explained to her why she was crying and why it had the effect on her as it did. And the model started crying. And it was such like, it was such a crazy mental, emotional, spiritual connection within this learning experience. And... It changed how the model saw diamond submissive relationships. Because there was nothing sexual about the interaction. It was showcasing safety, honor, respect, and trust. And for people who aren't familiar with those aspects of BDSM because they are used to seeing the Fifty Shades of Grey shit, it's a totally different outlook, it's a totally different experience, it's a totally different witnessing. And that's why I do it because there's so much more than the aspects we normally see. There's so much that goes into it. It's, it, it's become so liberating. And that's why you know I want to talk to people who are a part of the culture because when they talk about it, when they talk about why they do it, when they talk about the things that they do and how it's affected their life, it goes far more than just great physical time. You see people have changed how they see themselves and how they see life and how they tackle things. You see how they've evolved within this community and within this lifestyle. And it's the same reason why I, I do photography, because you get a chance to change how people see themselves. You get to capture moments. You get to make people understand the beauty that they hold. And BDSM and Kink, that lifestyle, that community is the same thing. You get to be yourselves and see all the beauty that is within you without fear of persecution or ridicule or shame. You just get to be you, and that's why I do it. Let's talk about dominant, being a dom, your mind state, your responsibilities, things you should know. 
You see, there are a lot of doms out there, and I've heard all the horror stories. There are doms out there who think they're doms. And I know you guys heard me say this a bunch of times because they smack a girl on the butt, they choke them a little bit, and they like when their girl calls them daddy or zaddy. But they don't know the first thing about being a dom. They don't know what goes into being a dom. They don't know about the responsibilities of being a dom. They don't know that there's different types of doms, the levels of being a dominant. They know nothing about that because they're, in fact, not doms. They're just guys who want to seem freaky so they get a little rough. That's it. Now, I am a dom in the full sense. I am what you considered more of a soft dom. Now, soft dom is a little bit more peaceful and subtle. Where when we do have to be a little bit more rough, it plays more into the surprise factor. It's the sudden grab. It's the low whisper in the ear about what's going to happen. I like to say it its foundation baits all the spontaneity of it all. Now, hard doms are hard doms throughout. There's no subtleness. That's just how... That's how they are. It's, it's like, um, what's the old saying? They rule with a heavy hand. And depending on your partner, either one works. There's no one type of dom that's better than the other. Now, levels of doming. People don't realize there are levels to doming. So, you have your bedroom doming. Where in the bedroom is where you guys really play into the lifestyle. So as a bedroom dom, when you're bedroom doming, you know, that's where you get a little rough or you're a little soft. That's where you pretty much extend your doming style. Then you have what I like to call your control dom. Now, you have girls who, or guys, who would want their dom to pick what they wear, right on down to the underwear. Like, they won't throw anything on until their dom okays it. Or they won't do certain things until their dom okays it. That works for some people. And that is something that usually gets, you know, spread out a little bit into the other levels. But mainly, you're controlling Dom, that's what they do. Outside of, of course, you know, the other stuff. Then you have your daddy Doms. And you see a lot of your daddy Doms pretty much from age play. But it has creeped into the other levels. Your daddy Dom is when you're dealing with more of your bratty style subs. Your subs are going to sit on your knee. You can do a lot more spanking. It's a lot more coddling and cuddling. 
you know, approval stuff. Right? Which works. It works for people who are into that. I know a lot of people who are daddy doms to brats. And nothing wrong with that. The next level is your watcher dom. Now, you'll see your watcher dom, as I like to call your watcher dom, when you are in the realms of orgies and you're dealing with multiple sex partners when you are really, you know, I like to say when you're getting into the deep animalistic nature of what we do. See, your Hmm. That dom. Second, you're watching dom. Is the one who is almost like a cuckold. Someone who likes to watch their partner get it on with other people. But instead of it being like a situation where in normal cuckold situations, whoever is the dominant partner is forcing, quote-unquote, forcing their partner to watch them get it on with, you know, someone else. There's usually a little bit of humiliation tied into it. Um, depending on the sexuality of the partner, there's cleanup. You know, there's a, lot, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But you're watching Dom is more... Trying to see if the best way I can give a good example. Okay, so. Orgy center. Everybody's getting it on. You're watching Dom brings his sub in on a leash. Puts you in the middle of a crowd of people. Crowd of people approaches. The sub looks at the Dom. The Dom nods their head, signaling the sub that they are allowed to participate and to engage with the people around. It's a good mix of daddy and controlling dom. It's like a good mix of everything. And the sub will always look back at the dom to make sure the dom is watching and they're getting the approval. Or I'm just trying to think of another situation. That's like a that's like your typical situation. You usually see that in porn. Um, but another watching dom is the one that will be sitting in the chair watching your sub make out with someone else and then telling their sub what to do. It's to me, to me, to me. It is the style of doming that involves the most trust, respect, and surprisingly, as I say this, it's not going to sound it, but honor. Because... You are trusting your partner. You are honoring the connection you guys have. You're respecting the boundaries that you can have your partner go do that. And it won't affect the relationship. It won't affect what you guys do outside of this. For a sub, it's to trust, respect, and honor because... You know your dom isn't going to put you in a situation that 
would be dangerous to you. But also, they're like a watchful eye. So, you know, if things do get out of control, they're there. It's, it's a very unique dynamic, and not everybody can do it. And it's different from being in a poly relationship. In a poly relationship, you know, partners know about each other. You guys have taught. You guys have hung out. You know, there have been guidelines that have been established. With this, there are some guidelines that are established, but it's not on a relationship basis. It's more on a sexual and passionate basis. There are like, I just thought of another scenario in my head where you send your partner out to go engage with someone and then you make them send you pictures or you have them come back, you know, still wearing the evidence of their night. There's like, there's like a lot of stuff to it. It's a very, it can be dark, but it also is like a very like, you are really running the lines of like passion, desire, trust, and like, it's a, it's a give and take control factor. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very deep. If you talk to people who engage in that style doming with their sub, the confidence for one, the confidence is amazing. It's on a totally another level. The commitment from both parties is awe-inspiring. Because you look at a situation where you can see it's rooted. I know I'm talking about this one a lot because this one is a very interesting one. A situation which to other people would be rooted in infidelity, right? Sleeping with other people. But in some of those situations, the commitment, the dedication, and the loyalty are much stronger or much better than those of people in monogamous relationships. It's weird. You participating in something which in all aspects goes against traditional monogamy relationships. And people would think if that's how you guys react, you know, your relationship isn't going to last long or isn't as strong or as stable, but it would be surprising. It would be totally opposite. Some of these relationships are amazing. I know people who have been in relationships like this for a while, like almost like a marriage. But those are the the, the levels and the types of doming. Now, what should you know as a dom? One, if you're a dom, any kink or fetish that you participate in, that you have a liking to, that you like to do, you should know about. Even if that means studying, there are a lot of groups, um, pages, videos that explain these different styles and these different kinks and these different fetishes for people to fully understand. There are people who do classes. There are shabari classes. There are impact play classes. There are breath play classes. Um, you have a variety of resources available to you 
so you can really learn and really know about the fetishes and the kinks that you want to be involved in. And as a doc, it's your responsibility to know these things because your sub, your sub is trusting that you're knowledgeable in the things that you guys are participating in. You know, I've heard girls talk about doing impact play with their dom and he was just too hard off the gate and it turned him off to impact play. Now, it wasn't the fact that they didn't like impact play, but they didn't like the style of impact play their dom did because their dom really didn't know what they were doing. And so when they do finally experience impact play with a real dominant, it changes their mind because it becomes a totally different situation. They don't understand how come this situation felt better than that situation. And it's like that a lot when it comes to kings and fetishes with people who don't know what they're doing and turn off a partner to their lifestyle in general. You have to know about aftercare. You're a dominant. You take care of your sub. You take care of your submissive. That's part of the exchange of power. That's part of the agreement you guys have as dominant sub. A lot of guys, and I said this before, a lot of guys don't know about aftercare. A lot of girls don't know about aftercare. It's just the action and that's it. You don't understand that cuddling, holding, talking, soothing, making sure the person comes down right. It's just like going cold turkey and then being slowly weaned off of an addiction. You know, cold turkey is very abrupt and it's it's shocking. But when you slowly bring them off of it, it's a, it goes a little bit more calmer, goes a little bit smoother. And that's why you have aftercare. Also, as a dom, you have to have communication with the person that you are doming over. There's no such thing as conversations that you can't have or conversations that are too awkward. You always have to talk. This is how you find out what people like or how they like it. That's how you find out how you properly dom someone. You know, a person may not like being choked in certain situations. They prefer hair pulling. Or maybe they prefer they prefer cuddling into a slow seduction. There's a lot of stuff that goes into these things that as a dom, you should talk to yourself to find out. It's not just, okay, I'm your dominant, you do what I have to say. That's not it. It's a partnership. Like any good partnership, you gotta have communication. And the last thing you have to learn, or you should know as a dom, this to me is probably one of the most important things. Your role as a dom does that does not make you more important than yourself. Don't go thinking because you're a dom and you're in charge that puts you in a higher status level than yourself. If that's how you're thinking, you are missing the whole point of it. Like I said before, this is a partnership. You two have gotten into this partnership as equals. You just play different roles. Look at something like the movie. Here, here's where I'm going to throw people off. 
So you have your actors, right? And to an extent, people feel like actors are the most important part of a movie, right? You don't have these great actors, you don't have a great movie. So you will see them as more of the important part of what you're of the movie culture. But they're not. A good actor is a good actor, but a good actor can't work a camera. You need your camera people. Camera people, as great as they are, can't write a script. You need your script people. Script people, as great as they are, can't direct. You need your director. Directors, as dope as they are, can't finance a movie. You need your financial backers. Your financial backers are dope, but they can't distribute. You need your distributors. You see, all these parties in the grand scheme of things have equal importance and equal responsibility. But due to the fact that as we normally do, we wish to screw the roles. And we give them more power sometimes than they deserve. Not realizing that each piece is integral to a successful movie or to a successful Don and Sub relationship. Things you should know. Well, thank you for listening. Hopefully, you got something out of it, or you'll get something out of it, or you know someone that will. Either or, thank you so much for taking time out your day to listen in, and I'll see you guys on the next show.